Well, good morning. Today is going to be an exciting day. We're going to be doing something that we don't normally do. So, uh, you know, always uh, a little bit of uh, a risk in doing something you don't normally do. But I believe today is uh, is going to be a lot of fun, faith building, and uh, a service that uh, you'll go away and say, well, I'm, uh, I'm encouraged to make some good decisions in my life. The overall theme today is making decisions about your life. And one of our members, Margaret Shi, who many of you know, uh, if not all of you know, uh, in the last uh, year has spent uh, a good part of it in Zambia. And uh, I'll let her fill in the blanks with all of that. And she's going to be sharing about this and her experiences there uh, and the idea of making decisions in your life uh, to do important things for the Lord or making decisions in your life in an overall sense. And so it would be great to, uh, to see the slides. She has some slides of different uh, things that she's uh, done and uh, wants to share with you. And then I'll come in uh, uh, afterwards and uh, give a little bit of a Bible lesson on the idea of making decisions. And then to close out the sermon and the, uh, the time here together, we're going to sing a Zambian song. So, hey, not, not just something that we do every week. So, Margaret Sheep. All right. You know, when you have uh, Marty, he's always going to call me Margaret, never Maggie. Which, no, 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 actually, I love that. But you guys can't call me Margaret. So. <laughs> Just saying. So, okay, so um, as you guys know, um, you know, I came back from Zambia. I was there for about four months last year and then went back for a month again this year. And I thought it would be really great to share this with you guys. I just want to give you guys a little bit of perspective. And if you guys fall asleep, it's okay. If not, I I won't be offended. (laughs) Okay, so some fun facts. Um, That's Becca, by the way. She actually went with me. So um, they're the, wow, it's cut off. Okay, well, that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll speak to it. Um, they're actually the first certified organic honey in the world. They have 72 languages, not including English. Actually, Nelson Mandela's uh, political party was first established in Zambia, not South Africa, because they are the Switzerland of Africa. And Wakanda forever. I don't know if you guys watched that. Um, that's uh, Victoria Falls. Uh, if you guys want to go Zambia to visit, that's where they actually inspired. So that was pretty crazy, yes. But um, actually, the crazier part is not the water rafting. It was actually this train, the ghetto train that I took uh, to, to Livingston. Um, it's technically supposed to be two and a half hours if you do the bullet train but, and six hours for driving. But it took us 25 hours. So... All right, the not-so-fun part. Um, you know, in 30 miles from the capital, we actually went there in Chute, um, they don't have any water or electricity. It's just the way it goes. That's like going to Northridge, and you have no water or electricity. Uh, you know, when I was there, it was at the height of Clara outbreak. Uh, you guys can see the trash there. And uh, when I landed there, I realized I missed one vaccine which is the chloro vaccine. (laughs) And that was it. So I had to deal with that. Uh, That was a lot of prayers. 52% less than $2 a day. That actually means 52% of the Zambian people are living less than $2 a day. In fact, the poorest are actually making about $0.07 a day. And that's usually feeding a family of 10. 
So as you guys see, um, this is actually from uh, worldpoverty.io. We can take a look at this. Notice where the yellow and red colors are. That means bad. Uh, that means the poverty is not escaping there. It's not doing well. Um, Zambia is actually one of the reds in the bottom. Uh, South Africa is the lowest, so that's all you know. So what is next for me? You know, I think you guys all know that I've uh, been through quite a lot, um, be became a disciple when I was a teenager, uh, and, you know, went to college, uh, helped in the ministry uh, while working full-time, was married, and at some point, you know, sometimes your life doesn't go the way you want to go. Um, but, uh, you know, you gotta, you got to do and deal with what you have, and whatever cards are you're dealt with, you go with what you got. So I'm actually starting a for-profit social impact business in Zambia. I'm actually going to be moving in May. Um, we'll be there at least minimum for a year, um, hopefully for a couple years. Why I'm doing that? Because I got to love my life. Um, you know, if you think about it, God has given us so much. It's really up to us to decide what we have and what we can do with it. You know, I talked about the adversities, right? We, life is, is hard. We all know that. It's just tough. The older you get, it doesn't get easier. Those who are under 20, 20 years old, just to let you guys know. <laughs> you know, forget, forget about midlife crisis. <laughs> Um, it, it gets really complicated, and, and sometimes you don't have a choice. But what, what we do have control over is actually how we act and how we adapt. It's really up to us. Um, so you know what happened when we were, I was there for Hope Worldwide uh, last year? I, I was there for a month for them, besides a, a couple other months uh, doing other stuff. Um, whoops, what happened there? Oh, you guys gave me the old one. That's okay. Um, you know, I talked about what, you know, you got to do what you have, uh, you know, do what you can with what you have where you are, right? So when we were there in Hope Worldwide, um, we were in that 30 miles away, no electricity, no water, right? No power, no water, no laptops. But these kids have to pass their ninth grades with computer tests. So how do they do that? It's on paper. It's on blackboards. They basically have to write it on there. So what we ended up to do to basically impromptu, right? You, 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 you pick up what you got, and you do as you see fit. So I took all the volunteers' laptops, and thank you so much for some of you guys actually donated last year. Um, that was what, where they ended up going. Um, they had a solar panel in the clinic that we had to borrow to charge, and, and we had to uh, get a generator that so that we can run the computer labs um, every day. That's Emma. Emma also went with me. Yeah. So what are our talents? Who are you? Have you ever thought about what you got so far? Remember, we have everything already. Because God created us before we were even born. The DNA is already set. Your behavior, your ability to learn, your characters can be developed throughout all this time that you have. You know, you're not going to know happiness unless you know sadness. 
right? You just can't compare. So those are all great stuff. So the question is, do we know who we are? Are you spending the time thinking about that? And that really took me a very long time. You know, when I had to go through that divorce with uh, Mike, that was really tough for me because I was thinking, oh, I was supposed to just be married, have kids, retire, and then move on, right? Well, that didn't happen. So when your life changed, you got to rethink. You got to really challenge and figuring out what to do. And that was the greatest time of my life is to really figure out what I can actually do. So, you know, when we're also in Zambia, a lot of them didn't have a lot of skills, guys. Teens, I'm looking at you guys because I was, I was a teen too. You know, Emma actually had to put up this playground design out of nothing. You know, uh, we actually did all that by hand. And then this other lady who graduated from grad school learning nutrition, we have no computers, no projectors. We have papers and pen. So let's, let's go and draw recipes. So, you know, God, God is not trying to make you into something. He's trying to express the real you he already sees. We're enough. You're enough. It's all you need. Nothing else. You know, last year, actually, end of 2017, I remember I had this conversation with Marty. You know, when you have a dad, you sometimes have issues. You go to them and complain. That's what I was doing. And he said, you know, time to exit. Why don't you think of an exit strategy with your startup that you really don't like? Because I was really burnt out in the tech industry. I said, okay, I'll do that. I was thinking in my head, one year. I'll think one year. Then I'll look good on the VCs, venture capitalists, and uh, can exit nicely. The next day, I actually prayed about this too. So the next day, I had the biggest fight with my other co-founder. And I realized, wow, we actually don't think the same. In fact, our moral uh, background is completely opposite. I can't work for this environment. This is very toxic for me. And God answers prayers. A lot of times, I don't know what to pray for. You know, five years ago, or six years ago now, wow. Um, You know how I went through divorce, but prior to that, 2009, I didn't know what I was praying for. But I knew that I need to do something with my life. And I was a little worried that I may not make it as a Christian because of the trajectory we're going. I did not know that in order to do that, God had to strip everything away from me so that I can restart. You don't know what to pray for, but that's okay. we got the Holy Spirit. That's what's so amazing about being a Christian. Gosh, I, I, I know I'm smart, I'm talented, but I'm not as smart as God, and I'm not going to try to be. And so if I have someone smarter than me, I delegate. Right? So God will take care of it. So here's my, here's my co-founder. I want to tell you guys this story a little bit, really quick, um, and I'll finish this off. You know, when I went, the very first day, I was very tired. It was like over 36 hours of flight, whatever it was. And uh, the, guy who, the lady who picked me up said, hey, are you awake? Do you want to go to the Bible talk? I was like, sure. I'm going to be here four months. And when I did, I went. Didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't sure exactly how I'm going to get into this. All I knew was I need to learn about social impact, how to do something for profit and still doing good. 
met this brother um, who uh, was hosting, him and his wife were hosting this uh, family group. Long story short, he's actually a lawyer, entrepreneur, turned politician who ran for the presidency in Zambia. Wow. Didn't know that. Uh, we started talking and we hit it off really well. And anyway, long story short, we ended up deciding that we got to work together and figure this out. And so that's why I'm actually going back, because I'm going back to start an enterprise with him. So I want to end you with, you know what? If God is for us, who is against us? We got everything we need. So now it's your turn. Thanks. Thank you, Margaret. Great. We turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 10. <clears throat> you know, most of us are not going to be making a decision to go to Zambia. That, that's not going to be in, in the cards for most of us. Uh, maybe all of us. I don't know. Maybe Margaret will be the only one. Maybe some of us will. But the idea of making decisions in your life is, is something that, you know, if, if you make good decisions in your life, your life is going to be going in, a, going in a very good direction. If you make bad decisions in your life, it's going to go the other direction. We all make many, many decisions. But it's important as we think about the idea of making decisions, of how do you make decisions? What's the thought processes you go through in your life when you have decisions in your life? And I think the things we'll look at in the Scriptures here today, we're going to look at three different Scriptures. Hopefully it will be an encouragement for you. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38, this is a story from the life of Jesus where two sisters make decisions. They make two different decisions. It says, As Jesus and His disciples were on their way, He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to Him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So Jesus comes into these two women's home. Uh, he's out uh, in the living room or the, the living area. And Mary is sitting at his feet listening to what he says. Verse 40, But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So what's Martha doing? She's running back and forth. Food. All the different things. You know, and she's all concerned and upset about that and not listening to what's going on, not paying attention to Jesus. So Martha goes to Jesus as she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now, the unmentioned thing here is that. Martha probably had been telling Mary to help her. Does this sound like you and your brother? You and your sister growing up when you were that age or that kind of situation? If you're an only child, you can't relate with this. But if you have siblings, you totally get this. Mom, tell her to get in here and help. But, you know, what mom, in this case, it was Jesus. Now look what Jesus says. Because what it seems that Martha's saying seems to be pretty reasonable, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, there's a lot to be done, and I'm doing all of it, and she's doing none of it. Martha, Martha, 
Now, why did he say Martha twice? Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Both of these sisters made a decision. Martha made a decision to take care of all the preparations. Mary made a decision. I'm going to sit and I'm going to listen to what Jesus is saying. I want you to think for a minute about decisions that you've made in your life. Even today, we made many decisions. Sometimes we get help with decisions. You know, I, uh, I picked out a shirt to wear this morning. And my wife, my wife uh, saw it and she said, Oh, that, 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 that doesn't do. No, 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 no. No, no, no. And I, I picked out a second one. And she said, nah, 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 nah. Why don't you wear your black pebble beach uh, shirt, long sleeve shirt? And so what did I wear? The black pebble beach shirt. We all make all kinds of decisions in life. Some of them are not that big a deal. It really wouldn't have been that big a deal if I'd have worn the other shirt. I'm telling you. Not that big a deal in your life. It might have been in my life. Uh, you know, that, that, that wouldn't be good for me to, to do that. You know, you just yield on stuff like that, you know, and, and give in. Uh, note to the young marrieds, okay, out there. Uh, don't, don't fight about stupid things. Uh, uh, you know, store up for something worth fighting about. But uh, <laughs> you're... you're, you're uh, you're going to fight. Not, not a matter whether you're going to fight. It's about what you're going to fight about. Uh, try to make it something worthy to fight about. Not what shirt you're going to wear on Sunday morning. But, the, you know, they both had to make a decision. And, and we look at this and we say, well, I don't know. Maybe, gosh, you know, Mary should get up. Come on, help out. And, and we can get this done, snap. And then we both can sit down and listen to Jesus. But he doesn't say that. He says, Martha, Martha, she has chosen what is better. All of us in this room have made decisions that weren't good decisions. We've also made decisions that are good decisions. That's an incredibly important thing to remember in your life. I've made good choices and I've made bad choices. It is within your range to make good choices. It's in your range to make bad choices. You know, a lot of times in life, what happens is when we make good choices, we pat ourselves on the back and say, hey, pretty smart guy here. Pretty smart girl. I got it going. We make a bad choice. What do we do? Who am I going to blame this on? Who am I going to hang this on right here? This has got to be mom's fault. How can I, how can I figure out how to not take responsibility. You know, one of the things in life that you've got to do, and this is a sidebar to this, you've got to learn to take responsibility for your decisions. Some decisions you make are good, some decisions you make are not, and some decisions don't make all that much difference. Matter of fact, I've got three things here that uh, I want you to write these things down if you're taking notes. This is good stuff right here. About decisions in your life. Three things to think of in decisions that we make in our life. We all make decisions. Number one, does the Lord really care? You know what? There's a lot of decisions that we make that aren't that big a deal. Am I going to go to McDonald's or Burger King? I don't know. Who knows? Go. 
Then make am I gonna shop at Vons or Albertsons or, or Ralph's or Whole Foods? You know what? Choose. Who cares? How can you get there the quickest? You know, uh, how, how can I get out the quickest? Who has the best parking? Yeah, whatever. There's a lot of decisions like that that we make. It's not that big of a deal. Does the Lord really care? That's number one. Number two. Will this make me stronger spiritually? We have to ask ourselves that question with decisions. What impact is this going to have on my spiritual life? You know, you're going for a job. And, and, and the guy says, well, you know, we, we need you on Sunday morning. Well, you're going to have to make a decision. Are you going to go to work or are you going to go to church? There are many decisions we have to make in life that can have a negative or positive impact on our spiritual life. We've got to ask that. Well, I really like that girl. Well, is she going to enhance your spiritual life? Is she going to make you a better Christian man? I really like that guy. Is he going to make you a better Christian woman? Or a worse one? You know, a lot of times people think, well, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to marry this, this guy and I'm going to change him. <laughs> no, no, you're not. I'm going to marry this girl and I'm going to change her. No, you're not. <laughs> Likelihood of that is not very good. Yep. Well, I'm going to marry them and then I'm going to bring them to my level spiritually. You know, if you can imagine here, let me draw a picture for you. Me standing right here. And another person standing right next to me that's standing on... A, a, another level, a box that's about two feet higher than me. If we lock arms, is it easier for me to pull this person down or for this person to pull me up? It's a lot easier to pull it down, isn't it? it is. Greater likelihood, much greater likelihood that you are going to compromise your Christian commitment your Christian conviction to get along in your life. And you've got to ask yourself, is that person, is that woman, is that man, is this decision that I make in my life, is this going to affect my spiritual life? So the first thing is that the Lord really cares. I'm convinced there's all kinds of decisions. Just make a decision, move on in life. Subway, I don't care. You know, just make a decision. Go to lunch. Get lunch somewhere, okay? Where you get it, that's your own business. Secondly, is this going to affect me spiritually? Thirdly, and this is a big thing right here, who can advise me on this? You know what? There's some people that can advise you on some things and it would really help. There's other people you could get advice from, but it's not going to help much. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Who are you going to get financial advice from? Maybe someone that's financially successful. You know what I'm saying? If you wanted to learn, if you're a professional football coach and you wanted to learn how to take a team that wasn't very good to a team that is really good, you know who you might want to talk to? The coach of the Los Angeles Rams. You really wouldn't want to talk to the coach of the Cleveland Browns. 
Because they were bad, and they are bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, you, you might you might want to talk to someone who actually knows what they're talking about. You might want to talk to someone who really has some expertise in that area of life. Now, do you need advice on every decision you make? No. Clearly no. But you know what? It would seem to me that for important decisions in your life, you probably ought to have somebody that you get some advice from. Doesn't need to be the person all the time. Doesn't need to be the same person all the time. But you better have somebody that you can make that decision with. So these three things. Does the Lord really care? Number one. Number two. Uh, is this going to help me uh, or, or affect me spiritually? Positively or negatively? And thirdly, who can I get advice from? Who can I talk to about that? Okay, now let's look at a couple other scriptures. Look over to Joshua 24. Joshua 24. The context of this is this is at the end of Joshua's life. And of course, Joshua, you know, he took over from Moses. Moses was an icon. But Joshua, he, he comes along and he's pretty awesome too. This is at the end of his life and the people have slipped a little bit at the end of his, his time with them. And they've sort of gotten back a little bit into idols and worshiping idols. And uh, they've lost it a little bit spiritually, if you know what I'm saying. And... Uh, He's coming to an end here of talking to the people in verse 14 of Joshua 24. He says, Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. He calls them to a decision. You know, sometimes in life, in our, in our life, in our spiritual life, but in our life as a whole, you need to be called to a decision. Hey, either do it or don't. Either go this way or that way. Some of you today have decisions in your life spiritually that you need to make. Make a decision. What are you going to do? He says, either go this way or go that way. But as for me and my household, we are going to serve the Lord. He calls them to decision. Do you need to make a decision today about your spiritual life? Are you just sort of dabbling around spiritually? Are you doing enough to to make yourself not feel awful? Or have you made a decision? Listen, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I'm going to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm going to live a life that would honor God. Make a decision. Because if you if you you know if, if you go through life, well, I know I need to, 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 and you, you constantly are in this. I know I need to. Your indecision has become your decision. Right. You have, in all effectiveness, decided no. But you're still dabbling with this. Well, I might someday. What you're going to do someday, you're not going to do today. 
And you've got to live today. You know what? You can't live for yesterday. Yesterday is in the history book of your life and it's gone. You can't fix it. You can't do anything about it. It is what it is. You can't do anything about tomorrow. We don't even know if we have tomorrow. I saw something on TV this last week that was, that was just one of those shocking sort of bam things that, that, that you see sometimes and experience in life and you're like, wow, didn't see that coming. It was one of those car... Uh, uh, kidnapping uh, or car stealing things. You ever see those? And, and this dude has had stolen a, a, a work truck. And he's, he's driving all around Pasadena and South Pasadena. Went sort of, you know, somewhat near where we live over there and all that. And actually, Chris even called me up. She says, hey, don't go up on, uh, you know, wherever it was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she says, stay away from there. This guy is, is, is uh, uh, you know, stole this truck. And I could hear the, uh, the helicopters flying, all that, everything. So I turned on the television. I usually don't watch the car chases, but uh, I, I, I did in this case. Because it's my neighborhood. I thought, wow. Uh, and so I'm watching this thing, and he's zipping around and almost uh, uh, hits a train. You know, the train coming through uh, South Pasadena there. Uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, that would have been terrible. And, and he, he hits a couple cars, just sort of glances by him and all that. And he's coming down uh, Orange Grove over there by the, uh, where the 134 goes over the top, over there, sort of in a Rose Bowl kind of area. And he comes to that, that big uh, intersection right there. And, and this dude is, is just coming out. He, he wants to turn left. Doesn't know what's going on. And he pulls out there and the guy T-bones him. Bam! Car just jumps. Not flips over, but sort of flips around. And I don't know what happened to that person driving that car. They said he was alive. He was breathing. They took him over to Huntington. Obviously not too far away. And hopefully he made it. But you know, he, he was just, he's just driving his car. Yeah. He, he was just going to wherever he was going, making a left turn. Fully within his rights to make the left turn. He wasn't breaking a traffic law. He just wasn't aware that some idiot was going to run right through the intersection and hit the door, the driver's side door, right where he was, going 50-some miles an hour. Now, I'm not trying to be dramatic for drama's sake. That dude had no idea what was going to happen that afternoon. If someone had told him, hey, you may have a car accident this afternoon where it would be either serious to your life or take your life, I think he'd have said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to not t- drive today. we don't know how long we have we have no clue yesterday you can't fix yesterday yesterday's gone you can't do much about tomorrow because you don't know what's going to the only day you can really affect is today and some of us we just need to make the decision come on now I need to get busy and that may mean I need to start serious about studying the Bible. That may mean I need to get serious about getting some sin out of my life that I know I need to get out of my life. It may be serious about your marriage, serious about your parenting, serious about whatever in your life. But I need to get serious and I need to do it now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. 
There's some things in life you just have to say, today is today. I need to go today. It's time to move. Right. It's time to do something. It's time to make a decision. Amen. You understand what I'm saying in life? Sometimes we're, we're at that position in life. Last little passage I want you to look at here is in Isaiah 6. Because it actually does go along with it, what I just said uh, about making a decision and making it for now. Isaiah 6. Context here is Isaiah is a prophet. He's being called by God to do important something really, really important. He's actually even a comparably younger guy at this time in his life. In Isaiah 6 and verse 1, it says, In the year the king Isaiah died, so the king had died, a little bit of a transitionary kind of moment there, he has his vision in the temple. He says, I saw the Lord on the throne, high and exalted, and the train of His robe filled the temple. Above Him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their face, with two they covered their feet, and with two they're flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, and the whole earth is full of His glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. This is quite a vision, isn't it? Yeah. Man, I mean, it's wow, this is loud, smoke, uh, shaking, all kinds of things going on. Well, look at his reaction. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. You know, sometimes people say, well, I just want to see Jesus. Well, you know, uh, he saw the Lord here, and it wasn't exactly a pleasure cruise. It shook him to his roots. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, from which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Hmm. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. He made a decision. Here am I. Send me. You know, sometimes in life that's a decision we need to make. Here am I. Send me. You know, if you go back a few months, Margaret's having these thoughts that are mine. What, what should I do? Where should I go? How can I serve? Uh, how can I help? How can I make a, a, a difference in, in the world by my life? She said, Here am I. Send me. I'll go. And she went. Even Emma, you know, the, the pictures of Emma. She was a, a, co- or a high school graduate at that time, going to college. She's now a student at uh, Northeastern University, right? Yeah. Out in Boston. And, uh, and, uh, and, and doing great with the campus ministry out there. She said, here am I, send me. I'll go to Africa. I'll go, to the, I'll go here. I'll go there. Now, sometimes in life you just have to say, okay, fine, me. I'll go. We're not looking for, you know... Somebody, like, well, here am I, send him. <laughs> here am I, send her. <laughs> I want to go to heaven. I'm not sure I want to go anywhere else. <laughs> but but the, the, the beauty of this, I mean, obviously, his heart was conditioned by what he had experienced. It was a, it was a conviction that he had. You know, one of the things that I uh, enjoy so much in thinking back uh, in my conversion to Christ is I was raised in a Christian family with the church ever since I can remember going to church. 
That you know, I got to tell you, and teenagers, this is just the truth about me and who I was as a teenager. I wasn't feeling it. And, and if you're on the front row down here and you're not feeling it, eh, whatever. <laughs> I wasn't feeling it. And my mother, a couple times, my dad never did, but my mother had a couple talks with me, and I, I was always like, "Mom, back off." You know, I'm not going to do this until I'm ready to do it. Matter of fact, I got ready to go to college, and she threw my Bible in uh, to, to, the, uh, to the suitcase when I wasn't looking. And uh, I found it and took it out. Told her, Mom, I want to take that with me. Leave that home. And she started crying, and I felt guilty and put it back in. <laughs> But I, I got to college, I started thinking about my life. And, and I, I made my decision. There wasn't any doubt about who made the decision. It was mine. Now, was I influenced by all the good that had happened in my life going up to that time? Was I influenced by parents who loved me and, and took me to church sometimes even when I wasn't all that enthusiastic about it? It was my decision. And as I look back on my conversion, I don't have to wonder, why did I just do that to get my mom off my back? No, she had nothing to do with it. I made the decision that I wanted to make out of my convictions. I think anyone who makes that decision to become a Christian, you may be influenced by a lot of people. Becoming a Christian may make a lot of people happy in your life. But a decision to give your life to Christ is a decision between you and the Lord. And that's got to be as clear as crystal in your mind. This is a decision I'm making about my life out of my convictions. Because Christian life's not easy. And if you're not sure at the beginning you got it right, you're going to have doubts all the way along the line. The decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life has got to be an individual decision that you make and you make alone. And when you do, then you can say, here am I, send me. I'm ready to go. You want it to be tough? Fine, I'm ready to go. You want it to be this? Fine, I'm ready to go. You want it to be that? Fine, I'm ready to go. Because the decision you made was your decision and it's very clear in your mind. You know, you look at these, these kind of things in life and, and you say, okay, does God really care about this decision? I don't know. Maybe He does, maybe He doesn't. Those kind of decisions are many and many in our life. Make them. Move on. Don't, don't, don't think much about them. Just do what you choose and move on. The decisions that are going to affect your spiritual life, you better think about. If this is going to be a negative influence on your spiritual life, you better be very careful about making those decisions. Right. Because you can make decisions that will lead you right out of a relationship with God very, very quickly. And then, please... If you need advice on decisions in your life, which we all do, it's not like you're some sort of deformed person. If you need help to make good choices in your life, we all need help in our life. The great thing is, is that in the, in the church, there are all kinds of people with all kinds of expertises and there's plenty of people for us to get plenty of advice from for those decisions that we make in our life. As a spiritual pastor in your life, I can tell you this. Your decisions 
will influence where you spend eternity. More than any other thing, your decisions that you make about your life are going to be the determinant factor of where you spend eternity. If you make good choices, the likelihood is, is by the mercy and grace of God, you're going to be saved. But you make enough bad choices in your life, you're going to endanger your spiritual life and your spiritual eternal place. This issue of making decisions is a very, very important thing for you to have knowledge about and conviction about. Really appreciate Margaret sharing, and, and I know she probably had 15 more minutes uh, that, that she could have shared. But I thought it would be a great day for us just to look at this idea of making decisions. And now we're going to do something that uh, I'm looking forward to, is that uh, we are going to sing a Zambian song to close out our service. Come on, Amen. Let's all stand. Let's hear it for Marty. Good lesson about making decisions. Now we all need to make the decision to stand up. Come on. We got places to go in and out afterwards. On John McClellan, his family. So we're going to sing a song they sing in the church in Zambia. Do I have that right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what language is it in? Benba. Benba. <laughs> All right. I think it might be uh, helpful if we just talk this through real quick. Yeah. Jay, you ready? Yeah. We all need to practice saying yeah. Takwaba. Takwaba. Nice. All right. This song is about searching for anyone who could be like Jesus. And of course, there's no one like him. So we're going to sing this in ben- Benba, yeah. and then we're going to sing it in English, and then we'll go back, okay? So this is how it goes, okay? Takwaba uwabanga yesu, takwaba uwabanga ye, takwaba uwabanga yesu, takwaba takwakabe. Can we do that all together? Takwaba uwabanga yesu, takwaba uwabanga ye. Takwaba uwabanga yesu Takwaba takwakabe Okay, now here's the next part. The chorus is like this. Now you, we're going to be walking because we're searching for Jesus, right? We're going to be searching like this. So it's going to go like this. Na yenda yenda konse konse na foya foya Conse, conse, na shuka, conse, conse, taquaba, taquacabe. Did you guys all do that? I was turning around so I didn't see everybody. Should we do it one more time together? Okay, so we're going to start with Nayenda. Ready? Nayenda, yenda, conse, conse, na foya, foya. Conce, conce, na shuka, conce, conce, taquaba, taquaba, tabe. Are you ready? All together? Okay. And we have the English up there too, right? Who, I don't know who's doing the slides. 
Is that you, Jacob? Nice. All right. We're gonna we're gonna start with the uh, other verse though. Mm. All right, ready? There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like Him. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like Him. I walk and walk and hear and there and I search and search and hear and there and I turn around here and there and there's no one, there's no one like Him. Tagwaba uwabanga Yesu. Tagwaba uwabanga Tagwaba uwabanga Yesu. Tagwaba takwakabe. Na yenda yenda konse konse na foya foya konse konse na shunga konse konse takwaba takwakabe. Na yenda yenda konse konse na foya foya konse konse na shunga konse konse takwaba takwaba kabe takwaba takwaba kabe. Good job, everybody. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful Sunday.